0: Welcome to the Dear NICU Mama Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present NICU mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone.
1: Hi, mamas, and welcome to the Dear NICU Mama Podcast. It's your host, Martha and Ashley. Today on the podcast, we thought it would be a great idea to kind of do a recap of this year. Actually, I don't know about you, but some things happened for my family this year. <laughs> was it just a pretty standard issue year?
0: <laughs> this year was a year like none other. I have no words. I know. And
1: it I mean, I think from everyone in the NICU community, there was just a resounding uh a sigh of relief that we're getting close to the end of the year um Mm -hmm. so we knew it was going to be really important to talk about it and to shed some light on it and share some different perspectives so for today we actually have a very special third Mm co-host Carla Philippe she is our editorial assistant on the Dear Nikki Mama team and she lives in glorious and beautiful Hawaii (laughs) hi Carla can you say hi
2: hello (laughs)
1: You were so quiet. I was like, did we lose Carla? (laughs) (laughs) Carla, we are so glad we added some new team members this year and Carla was one of them. And I think Ashley will agree with you when I say it was, it's felt meant to be from the very beginning. She's the Mm -hmm. perfect addition.
0: Yes, absolutely. Every time that I get to connect with Carla about social media content and the letters that we have submitted, I always text Martha afterwards and I'm like, how did we score Carla? Like, what in the world? (laughs) How did we get connected with her? So I'm really excited to get to officially introduce her to all of you beautiful listeners.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I think I've already told you that joining the team was a highlight of my year, so I'm excited. (laughs) We're so excited. And when it's safe, we are
0: going to have a mandatory team meeting in Hawaii. (laughs) No exceptions. (laughs) We have to come to Hawaii for it. (laughs) And if you haven't had the chance to connect with Carla at one of our girls' night outs or one of our events – Carla is, as Martha mentioned, our editorial assistant. And you've heard her you'll hear her mention on the podcast that she loves writing and friends. She is a very gifted and beautiful and talented writer. And so we are so honored to have her on the team. Carla does many things for us, one of those being that she will submit content for social media here and there, but her primary role is she helps with the letters. So all of the letter submissions that she that we receive, she helps proofread, and she has such a gift of honoring these stories and these letters, and so her contribution to Dear Nikki Mama is so wonderful, and every time that I get to connect with you, Carla, I, I'm literally texting <laughs> our other team members and being like, I just love her so much. I'm so grateful that she's on the team, so... <laughs> I'm so grateful for all that you bring to Dear Nikki Mama and just so honored to have you aboard.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm so glad to be a part of the team and I just love what Dear Nikki Mama does so much. Um, I think it was maybe fall 2019 sometime when I found Dear Nikki Mama a um, high school friend of mine sent it to me and on Instagram. She said, I think you would like this account. And <laughs> I started looking at it. I was like, um, yes, this is what I have <laughs> been wanting and hoping and dreaming to find. This community is amazing. Um, and I think i I truly like binged on everything I could find like the podcast <laughs> the post the letters I just like consumed as much as possible um and I know other mamas have that experience even now when they discovered Dear Nikki Mama it's just like it's like opening a treasure chest <laughs> it's like where have you been all my life um but yeah I just love the letters so much um mm-hmm. and I was thinking about it too I, actually this morning in when we, I was thinking about this podcast, I was looking through all the posts from 2020 and just um, all the letters that have come in. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so magical about them is just how healing it is for the mamas who write them and mm-hmm. read them. It's like mm-hmm. there's benefits on both sides. And mm-hmm. we're now receiving more letters than we could ever publish, which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing to um, to see But even if we aren't able to publish all the mama's letters, like there's still so much value in taking the time to write one Mm -hmm. and possibly even sharing the letter with a close friend who you Mm -hmm. find in the NICU someday. I know for myself, Mm I printed out the letter that I wrote back in March and tucked it in a little gift for someone who was in the NICU recently. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just something it's so healing to write and then also so healing to read. And mm-hmm. we never get tired of them, even though yeah. it's been, you know, almost three years since I've been in the NICU, I can read a letter and it can still move me to tears. And I know it, the same thing happens for you too, week after mm-hmm. week.
0: Oh, yeah. Every time that you send me a finished letter, I'm always like, who are these amazing moms? Like, how in the world? Like, they could write their own books. They're just... They're so beautiful and so heartfelt and so just vulnerable. And I'm just every single day, I'm so beyond honored that these moms share this space with us and really make our sisterhood as beautiful as it is. It's just, it's such an honor. I'm always so in awe.
2: Yeah. And I think, too, it like each of the letters and the stories highlights maybe some differences in the details, especially the stories. Yeah. Um, You know, the details can be different, but the feelings are so um, relatable. They're so common. They're so shared. We understand those feelings, even if our details are very, very different.
0: Yes, 100%. I love that. Okay, maybe to kick off this episode, this kind of roundtable episode, we could kind of just individually share about – what it felt like when COVID started to kind of become a thing in our area. I know that I, I just, it still feels so surreal when in March you would hear about like these loan cases in States like, Oh, California has a confirmed case. Or when we got the firm con- first confirmed case here in North Dakota, it was like, Oh my gosh, it's here. It's happening. And now we see how this virus has truly taken over. And so maybe let's just share individually about you know what it looked like for our families during COVID. You know how you locked down, how you did emotionally, <laughs> because I know that it affected each of us so differently. So, Martha, do you want to start?
1: Sure. Um, the first week of March, my family and I were in Disney World, and <laughs> the, like, I forgot after, about this. And we, Kendra and I were texting you, like, "Are you safe at and Disney?" That- World? <laughs> and because we started the week and it felt like it was worlds away, like it didn't seem like a big deal. And then uh, halfway through the week, there was a presidential address and they shut down international travel. And then by Friday, you know, which was our last day of our vacation, they announced they were closing Disney World. So we were there mm-hmm. the day it closed and it was wild. I mean, it went from being one of the most pop- densely populated parts of the country right you know in terms of tourism to being just completely empty it was insane Mm. and at that time they were like oh no don't you don't need to wear masks like that's not you know (sighs) we didn't know about it as much then and overnight at Disney World like all these hand sanitizing stations popped up um and they were everywhere it was it was pretty interesting but it didn't really feel at that time it was really just in Washington and a couple other places so I was like oh well okay well let's just get home safe and and we flew home and I remember people being like you need to go get groceries because the stores are out of toilet paper and I think the crazy thing about it was that it just felt like it was like the moon landing or a presidential assassination you know you just remember so much about like where were you when this happened and and it just felt so scary um I remember having like the John Hopkins, uh, well, I still have it up, but I have the John Hopkins, like um, it's their kind of their planning and their, their models that predict, you know, when, when we would hit the curve, you know, and I would have, I had it up on my phone and I would refresh it like every five minutes. Mm -hmm. I was so freaked out. And I had never followed, like, the the governor's page before, but I did all of a sudden. It was just super – it was very overwhelming. And when they started closing on the schools and stuff, it just felt very scary. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that was the – the unknown about it was really terrifying. And then thinking about it, like, our kids are so small, and for a lot of us, they're immunocompromised. So then you just get freaked out. Like, can they go to daycare? Can they see people? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we do? It's just – it's overwhelming. So I mean, I just remember it hitting like that, and it really hasn't stopped. I, mm-hmm. I think for for everybody, I don't know if there's really been, um, I guess there's been some ups and downs, but it's just kind of like constant stress. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, and that's why it's so unbearable. Like some days you can take it, and some days you can't. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I, I think that's where we're we're at. And and it wasn't shortly after that when we emailed when we actually interviewed Paris day for the podcast mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. and we started to really kind of identify how much there was between the NICU parent experience and what was going on in the world. And that mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, wow, I can, uh, this just poured out of me. I
0: haven't talked about this in a, <laughs> excuse me while the dogs bark. Sorry. <laughs> I I totally forgot that you were at Disneyland, and now that I like, now that you share that, it feels like a movie scene or something. Like it feels like you were in this zombie movie, and all of a sudden, like sirens were going off, and you were at Disneyland, and you were like quick grabbing your cotton candy before you left. Or that's what I'm envisioning in my head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was wild, and because we were so out of toilet paper, like it was very sweet. Disney World was like dropping off like hordes of toilet paper at people's rooms so that they would have some when they left because oh all God. of a sudden you know they have a stockpile of toilet paper and nobody's checking in you know they closed all the hotels mm-hmm. so they were like take the toilet paper
2: oh it was just crazy what a memorable place to be um when you get big news you know yeah like you were saying <laughs> yeah
1: I know I know it was crazy and um I just, it was just, it's strange because it's also its own little bubble as well. So we were pretty Mm -hmm. isolated from the news and stuff, you know, because you're in going on roller coasters all day long and eating churros. So anyway, (laughs) I digress enough about Disney world. That's a different podcast, but, (laughs) but I, you know, Ashley and Carla, where were you at when you kind of started to feel like, is this really happening? I mean, Ashley, you alluded to it. We were texting a lot.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it was – so my mom is an elementary music teacher, and so I was getting a lot of updates from her because of, like, you know, the schools were starting to shut down, and there was, like – you know, initially, there was just talk that maybe they would shut down, and then they were shutting down, and at that time – You know, we didn't know how contagious things were, and it hadn't spread as rapidly here. And so, my mom would actually come over to my house and help me with Silas. So we were like, "Well, okay," like, you know. And so she would work remotely from my house or vice versa. And so it it almost felt like because we have snow days here, it kind of felt like a snow day, but it was so different than a snow day because it was like nice outside. (laughs) And so it just felt so surreal to be getting updates from her. And then, you know, having Silas had just turned a year old or yeah. And so it was just, it was crazy. And then being a wedding photographer, all of a sudden we were, I'm a part of like a bunch of, um, you know, different photography groups around the world. And there was photographers saying like, my weddings are getting canceled. My weddings are getting canceled. And I, that hadn't even crossed my mind. And I was like, oh yeah, I suppose like people can't gather. So that means weddings couldn't happen. <laughs> and so all of a sudden we were like navigating small business, like loans and grants and trying to talk to our couples and be like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like we're going to get through this, but really having no idea what weddings would look like. And so it was, it was such a wild experience. I still, like I said, I still remember when like North Dakota got its first confirmed case and it was like the biggest deal ever because in North Dakota, you feel kind of Uh, And Carla, I'm saying this to you where I'm sure you feel very removed, but North Dakota kind of feels like its own little island in some ways. Like I feel like we've kind of been separated from a lot of things. And so it was just, it was crazy when, you know, all of a sudden it was here and it was happening and we just still knew nothing about it. But Carla, I'm interested to see what it was like for you in Hawaii where you're like very separated
2: (laughs) from everything else. Yeah, it feels like in some ways so long ago, um, I'm sure it feels like a time warp for other people too, where it feels like just yesterday and also a really long time ago. I know I was on kind of high alert because we have so much travel here um, mm. that I I kind of figured that there would be no way for us to avoid it just with people yeah. coming and going. Tourism is, um, you know, a huge part of our industry. So... And people, yeah, are bringing stuff in and out all the time. Um, But I just remember being really, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. That's my main gig. And Mm -hmm. we had gotten really settled into our routine of going to library story time and going to mom's groups and getting out. And so when we were first told that we had to stay home, I was like, I don't think I can do this for two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And now it just uh, seems so laughable, like two weeks, try, you know, months and months. And luckily we have, you know, we've had two lockdowns here, but we have been able to get out and get to the park and get to the beach for most of the nine months. Um, But there have been some longer stretches where we haven't But yeah, I guess we're more adaptable than we think, I guess, is what I'm reflecting on. And in the beginning, if you would have told me nine months, it would have been nine months that I would have to be home much more than I was used to. Um, I don't know if I could have handled that information, but a little bit at a time and (laughs) one day at a time, we're getting through it. Well, I remember in March, they, they were predicting the
0: biggest peak to be Easter, And I remember at that point being like, Easter. That was my my.
1: swapping noise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I remember thinking, like, that is so far away. Like, and it's affecting the holidays. And I was being such a baby about it. And then, and now looking back, I'm like, that was we had no idea. Like we had no idea what was to come. And maybe there's grace in that. I'm glad we, like you said, Carla, I'm glad nobody said, yeah, you're going to have nine months of this because I think we all would have just crumbled. But yeah, I mean, at that time, two weeks was like a huge deal. And now we've been in it for, for months and months and months. It's just wild.
1: And I think it's been interesting to see the waves of our tolerance of it too, right? Like I think Mm-hmm. At first, there was shock, and then there was like a lot of support immediately. You know, people were putting hearts in their windows, and you'd see videos of people playing—you know, banging pots and pans together at seven PM for the changing of, of the you know the nurse shifts and stuff. Right, right. And, and then you know we got through kind of the summer, and then like the election happened. There was just been so many ups and downs, and mm-hmm. and not to mention mm-hmm. you know the the political unrest that was happening it was just like it just felt like layers of stuff just added on to yeah. it all the time yeah um and and i think i really just want to acknowledge for everybody that we realize that it's not just the pandemic right it's like it's like a yeah. pandemic and your personal tr- struggles yeah. the pandemic yeah. and the fact that you have to be a stay-at-home te- uh, parent it's the the pandemic and you lost your job right it's yeah. just like yeah. all this stuff yeah. and so it, i think i'm so proud of our community because I've just seen a Mm -hmm. lot of women just stand up and do do their very best in a really hard time it's been incredible
0: yeah well and as a team we talk often about pandemic NICU moms and they are if you are a pandemic NICU mom listening to this (laughs) I get emotional thinking about you um we are just so incredibly proud of you (laughs) The NICU journey that you have been on, are in, or were in in this pandemic is uncharted territory to a new level. And so just know that we see the strength that it took to get through it. And um, I need to stop talking because I'm going to lose it. But <laughs> just know that yeah. um, we talk about you often and just how resilient and courageous you are and how you know, when many of us are discharged from the NICU, we were told things like cold and flu season, which is still a big deal, or RSV, which is still a big deal, but I can't even fathom what it would feel like to bring a vulnerable baby home during a pandemic. And so just know that we're so proud of you and truly um, are cheering for you and believe in you and you are our heroes. And I'm done talking now. Thank you. Oh,
1: it's, <laughs> it's good and it's so important. I think you bring up a huge point. Um and and I think one of the parts that was really hard was seeing mamas give birth and be alone in the NICU um, mm-hmm. because of their visitor restrictions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you are even more isolated than you were before. So it's it's been amazing to see mamas come up with new coping mechanisms. And I think that's where we actually saw a huge uptick in the Dear NICU Mama online community. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah. mamas were like, I need a resource. I need it now. Um, and they were being brave enough to be vulnerable with complete strangers on the internet. And that's, that's what they needed to get through.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've said it before. I've just, I just feel in awe of these women, how they've rose to the occasion. And it's not something any of us would choose. We don't choose the NICU and we certainly wouldn't choose NICU during a pandemic, but time and time again, these mamas just like rise to the occasion They meet their babies where they're at, and it's so incredible. And also that there's a cohort of these mamas that have done this together this year, Mm -hmm. and um, I'm just so grateful in a way that they have each other Um, Mm -hmm. because we are, you know, the, the NICU moms who've come before, we're here too, and we understand a measure of the NICU, but we don't necessarily understand it in the way that it has been experienced this year, so I'm just mm-hmm. glad that we have that um, cohort of mamas who can really relate to all the intric- intricacies of that experience. Yes,
1: absolutely. And speaking of major life transitions during the <laughs> pandemic,
2: Carla, do you want to share what's up with you? <laughs> well, I am having a baby in three weeks. <laughs> I, love I know. Yeah, three weeks from today, um, I have a scheduled C-section. So, um, mm-hmm. and I have a history of going overdue, so I don't expect to meet her any sooner. Although anything can happen. Carla,
0: you are a NICU mama who had a full-term NICU NICU baby, and so not only did you navigate, and are you navigating, pregnancy in a pandemic, but also uh, a pregnancy after NICU, and so. Maybe would you be willing to dissect kind of those two avenues? So one, you know, what it's been like for you being pregnant after a NICU experience and also maybe what it's been like being pregnant in a pandemic.
2: Yeah. So I, it took me a long time to mentally prepare myself um, to get pregnant again after our NICU experience. As you said, like um, my daughter was born full term and I was very fortunate to have a healthy, uneventful pregnancy with her. And our complications really started during labor. And that's when things went downhill really quickly. Um, and we ended up spending two months in the NICU with her. Um, and so, of course, I, I had in my mind, as many mamas do, how many children that they want to have. And um, there's just a lot of anxiety that comes with that and not knowing um, if you're going to have to have another NICU experience, Um, and there's a lot of, just a lot of feelings that I feel like come up with that topic, and it's different for everyone. I know it's probably different for mamas who've had um, complications during their pregnancy, Um, and that weighs into the decision. Um, For me, I had had a healthy, uneventful pregnancy, but... um, And so I kind of anticipated having that again, but I just have so much more awareness this second time around in terms of all the things that can go wrong, um, that I was just blissfully unaware of the first time, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had been mentally preparing in my mind even before the pandemic that I wanted to try to have another baby this year, um. And I have been going to therapy and working through all of those things for a couple of years. And um, we actually got pregnant a couple months before I had planned, which is probably a blessing because I didn't overthink it. (laughs) I just uh, was, um, oh, okay, we're doing this. And um, my first appointment with my OB, luckily, I got to take my husband and my daughter with me. I don't know if it's because I didn't know the rules. Oh, what? <laughs> but they came with me. Um, and I had a really uh, just transformative conversation with my new OB um, that really helped me put a lot of things to rest that I had worried about, um, particularly a lot of self blame uh, about mm-hmm. what happened with my daughter and just her reassurance that it was very unlikely to happen again, which, again, I know is not the case for every mom who goes through this. Um, but that really did help me just let some things go, but I had Mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety in the beginning and Mm -hmm. very thankful for my therapist and Mm -hmm. also very thankful for, um, writing because that's one way that I'm able to express what I'm feeling and kind of work through those emotions and, um, sometimes help me get to the root of what is really going on with me. And then I can bring that to my therapist. Um so I got I worked through a lot of it in the beginning and there was a lot more anxiety too, I feel like, with COVID in the beginning of this mm-hmm. pregnancy, and it um would peak when our numbers would peak. It's like <laughs> if you drew a line graph of my anxiety <laughs> and the numbers, <laughs> it like exactly parallels. Um, yeah. But it did get better, especially the further along I got. I think just every appointment, every ultrasound. Every milestone has just like been really reassuring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just, I just want to um, acknowledge that that I know that that wouldn't necessarily be everyone's experience, and I know we we say so many times that there's a duality of emotion, and I'm allowing myself so much grace in this area because I'm so so grateful for my healthy pregnancy and (laughs) I also have many other feelings that go along with it um and Mm -hmm. a lot of pain just coming from like being this pregnant too so there's a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of feelings that come with pregnancy in all circumstances
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely it's just I, I think um what we forget because we look at these pregnant women and they're so beautiful and mm-hmm. are doing mm-hmm. such an incredible thing, um, is that it is such a vulnerable time because you're experiencing all these new things. And then mm-hmm. also pregnancies can feel different and be different, you know, too. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about that with the mamas who are having subsequent pregnancies after NICU, you know, or are experiencing a high-risk pregnancy or it's hard to know, is this anxiety? Is this normal pregnancy stuff? Is it abnormal pregnancy stuff? There's there's just a lot of connection to your body and to the sensations you're feeling. Now add on top of
2: that, everybody in the world has been like, is this allergies or do I have COVID?
1: Like, yeah. you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had that experience. And <laughs> especially early on when our numbers were high and I was like, my chest is tight my chest is Mm -hmm. tight. I can't breathe. And my, you know, my therapist is like, if it goes away, it's probably not COVID.
0: Mm -hmm. Well,
2: that kind of helps. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: and maybe this is a obvious question, but I would love to know. So you had started therapy um, after your first daughter was born. And so, How important was it for you to, like, keep that therapy going throughout pregnancy and, like, you know, for mamas who find themselves pregnant again, whether they planned that or it was a surprise, you know, what have been some gentle tips like therapy that you found to help your mind and help
2: your body throughout your pregnancy? Yeah, I'd say therapy has been a huge help for me. And I've had several different therapists since I was in the NICU. So I had one during the NICU, um, and I kind of consider him more of like a. He was really good at crisis counseling and helped me get through the most intense parts of our stay. And then after the NICU, I felt like I really needed um, something different. And so I've tried a couple of different ones, and I finally found one that's a really good fit. But definitely. Therapy has been huge, and I've done teletherapy since March uh on a regular basis and um, it's just been so helpful to have someone to process with and also my therapist is really good at reminding me at how much work I've put in sometimes I think mm-hmm. we forget that um, especially when we're just dealing with new challenges all the time to see mm-hmm. to have someone reflect back to you how far you've come and um, to remind you that you've come so far because you've put in the work. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it doesn't just happen. Um, and then also exercise has been huge for me. Uh, this pregnancy, I really prioritized, um, exercise and just going for walks and doing some strength training. Um, and I've read somewhere, I think it was maybe, This book called Burnout, which I didn't finish. I'm notorious for starting books and not finishing (laughs) them. (laughs) But um, completing the stress cycle, exercise, and moving our bodies can help with that. And so that has been really huge for me. And I can totally tell after I do some type of physical activity, just how much more relaxed I feel, less anxious. Um, Those are the two main things I've done. But also connecting with other people um, Mm -hmm. socially, which I know has been really challenging. But um, even a conversation on the phone with friends is really helpful when you spend so much time at home with a toddler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's been really helpful. And writing. Writing is my Mm -hmm. other outlet.
0: Yeah. And you're a wonderful writer. (laughs) I will
2: buy your book one day. (laughs) I want to sign copy. It's a long game. At this point, I see it as a long game, but I would love that so wait, i can't wait to meet this new baby
1: carla mm-hmm. i mean
2: oh. virtually and then in person when it's safe yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you i'm excited to meet her too she's currently positioned sideways so that's been interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm your> mom. <laughs> so fun so ashley ham yes. um
1: I, your day job and by day job, I mean, your 13th day job (laughs) is that you, uh, do this incredible service for people and their couples on their wedding day and you uh, photograph weddings. It's beautiful and you're so talented at it, but Mm -hmm. that meant that you couldn't, you can't do that job virtually. You had to be in person (laughs) with strangers. How did you navigate, um, you know, being in spaces with strangers, people who had different levels of comfort um in with social distancing you know mm-hmm. and then handling your emotions and and you know processing the trauma of what you've been through and wanting to make sure your family was protected how was that this year i
0: mean mm-hmm. i know i thought you rocked it but i want to hear you <laughs> say it <laughs> oh man i still feel like my body is cuz we're officially done with weddings now until end of january And after that final wedding, I, I don't think it's like my body finally took a breath. It kind of felt similar in many, in different ways to the NICU where you're just kind of holding your breath of like, okay, I'm going to get through another day. We can get through another day. The crazy thing about the job that we found ourselves in was that I was so worried to get sick before the wedding because to find a sub to shoot a wedding is like, you know, thankfully we have a great photographer community here, but it's not a job where you can just like call a sub. (laughs) There's like legal things involved and you want to find somebody who's capable and who has similar style as you and you don't want to worry the couple. And so I was first of all like, okay, I don't want to get sick to not only protect my family, but also so that I can shoot this wedding. And then you're at the wedding and you're just like wearing your mask, washing your hands every second you can, using hand sanitizer every second you can, and praying that you don't get infected. And then that, you know, you come home from the wedding and you're just praying that you don't accidentally bring it home to your family. And so I felt like I was holding my breath before the wedding, during the wedding, and after the wedding. And so after that final wedding in December, I feel like my body was just like it took its first breath all year, it felt like. Mm And so these past few weeks have just kind of been realigning myself with like, okay, I'm safe. I'm okay. And then my husband ended up getting COVID. And so we've been in quarantine for three weeks. Um, And yeah. thankfully, his symptoms were very mild and Silas and I miraculously didn't get it. Um, But I was it was like, I was right back in the NICU. I was watching Silas's breathing. I was checking his temp every hour. I was like, it was, it was so tough mentally. And so it was this weird balance between I was so grateful to have work. I was so grateful to be able to still provide for our family. Ryan was still able to work. So there was that element of like, okay, I'm able to put food on the table. Then there's that also that element of like, I'm putting so many people at risk being here. But then there was also this other element of like, there was so much beauty in these weddings. I mean, I was crying at every single wedding because it was unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, The weddings were much smaller. So gatherings that were 400 people were now 10 or 15 people. And there was a level of grief with that. There was a level of like, there's supposed to be more people here. And yet... I told Ryan after the first one, I said, I feel like weddings have been stripped down to their very essence and it's really refining what weddings are really about. And so I was also like creatively so re-energized because I was like, I'm documenting history. And yet I was terrified every single day. (laughs) And so, like I said, I feel like I didn't take a breath. And then when Ryan got COVID, I haven't taken a breath, but um, we're thankfully doing okay, and ultimately, I'm so grateful for our couples and the work that we get to do. But it was definitely very challenging emotionally and physically this year. So I'm ready for winter and slow season. <laughs> that was a long winded answer, but <laughs> no, well,
1: I think it's good. It's it's good to like take in because some people, you know. It, like Carla, your experience staying home and with a toddler and the amount of energy that takes in. And I think about the mamas that are home with kids of all different ages, protecting them and also trying to figure out it, should they be in school, should they be at home, all of that. But then if you're a working mama who decide, you know, do you put your kid in daycare, you know, when they're not school age mm-hmm. and making that decision is hard. And then but knowing that you like you said, it is your income and you have to do it. It it just felt like a season of impossible choices. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. and so I, I really appreciate how, how vocal you've been about it and how committed you are to then also, um, a lot of the content that's been coming out from Dear Nikki Mama this year, I think has been along that theme, like mm-hmm. what our post just recently, right? About the decisions you made were the right decisions because mm-hmm. you made them and they were you know your family best. I think You're so good about doing that for other people, and you did a really good job of handling it. I mean, you texted and reached out when you need to, but, man, it was impressive.
0: You're so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. Are you guys, like, feeling tired having thought about the entire year in retrospect? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was just thinking, I could go take a nap, but I'll probably make a latte, and it won't help my anxiety, but it's fine.
1: (laughs) What was that I mean? mean? You just... sent me You were like, coffee's great. Like, the person who invented coffee, they were like, I want to boil beans and then feel crazy or something yeah. like that. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> it's kind of incredible to think about all that we've been through this year. I know we're still sort of catching our breath. And um, we'll be reflecting on this for probably years to come. Mm-hmm. And looking back at our own strength and... Telling these stories to our children, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of incredible to think about. Yeah. I think one thing that, and not to go
0: on a soapbox here, but one thing that has undone me many times is just how much we need each other and the beauty in humanity. And I've seen this at weddings, but I've just seen this in the everyday, like, you know, when it when I've been able to go out and go, you know, go go groceries or something like that. And I see the way that our communities have stepped up to help each other and how, you know, I have friends we all know, obviously, NICU nurses and nurses who are on the COVID floor and helping patients and just how intertwined we are, no matter where we are. And so I think I've just been undone so often with the beauty of people and i've also had to unfollow some people on the social medias because they aren't being so beautiful um but there have been there has been so much um beauty that's come out of this too and just the reminder of like we need each other like we need each other <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah speaking of refining right <laughs> yeah boiling it down to um what really matters and who really matters and yeah mm-hmm. it's been hard and and good too
1: I mean isn't that like the truth about the NICU though like mm-hmm. there's it's hard and it's good I mean ultimately your baby is there right ultimately mm-hmm. we have our health and mm-hmm. and I think in some ways NICU families were really equipped for this year I mean even yes. though it was hard we yes. were equipped in the fact that we've we've been to this place before yes you know
0: mm-hmm yeah Yeah. Well, maybe as we kind of come to a close, we can just chat about some hopes that we have encouragements for 2021. Um, We aren't going to do any like new year, new you garbage because um, we've already been through enough and we don't need a complete personal transformation to get through this next year. Um, But it would be fun to just kind of um, offer some encouragement and maybe some personal hopes that you have for 2021 and, you know, how you plan on offering yourself some self-compassion this next year. I think my, um, you know, my vision for 2021
1: is that even if I, even if, you know from the outside world i appear exactly where i am today you know december whatever 2020 um to to really allow myself to congratulate me for the small wins every day you know even if it's getting out of bed that is that is great do you know what we've been through you know it's been really hard mm-hmm. and i and i think um i set too high expectations for myself like every other america every other american woman um, but I, I'd like to just congratulate myself, kind of like what Carla was saying, like spend time, maybe weekly, maybe monthly, reflecting on what I've done, um, even if it's small changes that only I see that's valuable and it's important. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's my vision. That's my hope.
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, my. I am an Enneagram 3. So, <laughs> I am an achiever. I like to cross things off my list. I like to um to grow and to achieve and to complete and become. And I think 2020 was kind of this year of like, you know, who are you aside from what you do? Because sometimes these elements in life, you know, they hit us and we aren't able to maybe accomplish what we initially planned or, you know, I remember when COVID had first hit, I was on this really great routine of exercise and nutrition and and it wasn't anything drastic. I wasn't doing like a whole 30. I was just simply eating better and exercising three to four times a week. And I felt really like I was on this track. And then COVID hit and I kind of just derailed a little bit. And but as I've been thinking about it, I've just been so grateful and, and trying to be grateful. Some days I'm not good at this, but just to love my body where it's at and to honor it for what it's done and how it's gotten through this year. Kind of like what Martha said, on the outside, I may have gained weight, I may have, you know, expanded in certain ways, um, but my body carried me through this year. I'm hoping that it's a lot um, easier of a year for many of us and that this pandemic does slow and that we can kind of return to a normal, but um, that ultimately I would continue to offer myself as much grace as possible and just, and to just thank myself for, you know, getting out of bed. I don't know. That's a long answer, but (laughs) I think grace and rest are kind of my words for 2021. That's so
1: beautiful. I I think I'm always just like in awe of how self-aware you are, Ashley. Oh, And I just love you so much. I'm literally out of breath. I'm walking across the room, but So I still think you're doing better than me in the health and well-being arena,
2: but I just wanted to say that.
0: I love you. Okay, my (laughs) friends.
2: Oh Yeah, there's just so much to think about when we think about this year and what's coming up. For me personally, you know, expecting a new baby in three weeks, I'm trying to keep my expectations really low. In fact, I don't even really know what to expect. I feel like a first-time mom, but I should be... I'm a second time mom, but I don't know what to expect, especially if I get to take my fresh newborn home, which is something I don't know what it's like. Mm-hmm. When I brought um, my daughter home from the NICU, she was two months old, um, actual, and uh, since she was full term, and uh, I had to wake her up to feed her, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to be different, but I'm not really sure what that's going to look like, so. Mm-hmm. When I look back on this year, though, I started the year with um, a lot of excitement and anticipation of what the year might hold, and I made a list that I called the wouldn't it be cool if list. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a list of goals, but just things that I thought, "Oh, well, if this happened, this would be pretty cool. So when I look back on that now, I'm actually pleasantly surprised to see some of the things um that I was able to pursue some of the things I decided uh weren't a good fit. some things fell in my lap that I wasn't expecting um so I'm thinking about doing that again this next year, but I haven't done it yet. We have a few days left before twenty twenty one and it's never too late. I don't think to put down mm-hmm. some of our dreams and aspirations um, mm-hmm. I just want to stay focused on my little family, I think, in Mm -hmm. 2021, and also continue to prioritize the things that help me feel like myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It took me, I think I've shared this with you before, actually, but it took me 18 months, I feel like, to really figure out what I liked again. um, Mm -hmm. After having my first baby, Um, I didn't Want to leave her, like go out, and since I stayed at home with her all day, nothing was forcing me to. But it just took me a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel more connected now than I was then with the things that make me feel like myself, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that I can get back to them sooner um, mm-hmm. and just keep keep myself in mind, I guess, in the balance mm-hmm. of everyone's needs because both of my kiddos are going to need a lot from me this year, and. Mm-hmm. I just want to not forget myself and make sure that I continue to ask for support and for help from the people around me and I'm Mm -hmm. getting better. (laughs) I'm getting better at articulating that and making sure that I Mm -hmm. um, ask for what I need. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of my hope for 2021. I just want to keep expectations low so I can Mm -hmm. surpass them. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, that's beautiful. I mean, I haven't known you for super long, but I one thing I've always admired about you is it seems as though you are you are very gentle with yourself and very aware of what you need and when you need it and being willing to set those boundaries and so I've always I've always admired that about you. <laughs> Thank you. It just comes with trial and error and it's
2: a work yeah. in progress.
0: <laughs> <of> yes. <laughs> Well, Mamas, thanks for listening to our 2020 Recap Roundtable. We're so honored always that you choose to spend time connecting and listening to the stories and episodes that we share here. And I know we say it often, but we truly mean it that, Mama, we're so incredibly proud of you. This year has tested us in ways that we really were never prepared for. And no matter what circumstances or situations that you found yourself in, Just know that you are enough. And so no matter what you accomplished on a to-do list, no matter what you crossed or checked off of that big to-do list that we set up for ourselves every day, know that your love and who you are and your worth is enough. And so we hope that 2021 brings refreshment and rest and renewal, and we hope that you get to spend it with us. We hope that you continue to be a part of this sisterhood, and we are just so honored and grateful for all of you that we've been able to connect with this past year. So we're so excited for 2021, and we can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. See you next time. If you
1: love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.